Do you and your friends have really good conversations? Do you guys talk about making a podcast after every good combo? Well, this is your sign to go ahead and make that podcast. Spotify is a platform that makes it so easy to make your podcast. You can even earn money. And in this economy, multiple streams of income is the goal. Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter how much equipment you have, as long as you have a phone and internet, you can start creating today. Once you start creating, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Hi, y'all. My name is Denasia. And my name is Faith. And we are two 20-something type A Black girls. Season two of this podcast is about our journey navigating post-grad life, the corporate world, and life in general as type A Black girls. We hope you enjoy it. Hi, y'all. How's it going? Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another week. We have a very exciting guest on with us today. Um, yeah. Everybody give a virtual round of applause to Dr. Sharma. Yes, um, ma'am. <laughs> Dr. Sharma is my previous professor from UNLV. Um, she's an organization that specializes in research and power dynamics. She's awesome. And we have a very exciting topic lined up for you guys today. So we thought, you know, why not bring on somebody that knows their stuff? Absolutely. Specializes in this for a living. Um, and she's amazing. So I'll go ahead and pass it on to her to introduce herself. Thanks so much, Janasia and Faith. I'm very excited to be here and looking forward to talking with you all. Um, as was mentioned, my research is on power dynamics in organizations. I've studied settings, including the rap and hip hop music industry. And right now I'm doing a research project on leadership in the NFL. So it's never a dull moment. <laughs> When I'm not doing work, I love to work out. I lift weights. I do down and dirty boot camp classes, mm. boxing, and <laughs> yoga. And I have two dogs um, who will probably make an appearance at some point yeah. on the <laughs> podcast um, Chai and Samosa, who I call Samantha as a nickname. <laughs> yes. And they're really cute. They're really cute. <laughs> Y'all can't oh, see it, but. I did not. So I, this is my first time meeting Dr. Sharma, obviously over Zoom. Did not know she was a bodybuilder. So <laughs> love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. People call me an athlete and I'm in my 40s and hey. committing to this lifestyle. So I, I encourage everyone to always put health top of mind and J-Lo's my workout role model. Oh, period. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're going to have Dr. Sharma do her rosebud and thorn. Um, so I know some of y'all might be new. So as a refresher, um, your rose is something really good to have throughout your week. Your thorn is something that was like thorny, like wasn't good. Mm -hmm. um, and then your bud is what you're looking forward to next week. And y'all know we can talk. So we're going to pass it off to Dr. Sharma this yep. time. Do her rosebud and thorn. And then we're going to get right into the topic. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, I would say my rose has to do with our NFL research. My co-author Katina Sawyer and I started this project draft weekend here in Las Vegas, so about seven weeks ago, and we've already had 20 interviews to date, which we could not have imagined. Oh, wow. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the project and how much I've already learned about myself and how we can define success for ourselves. So that's been a pretty amazing accomplishment for us. I would say my bud is that next week I'm taking a day to get a facial and a pedicure. Mm, yes. I try to yes, prioritize yeah, mm -hmm. self-care. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh my um, gosh, I need that. <laughs> yeah. Quiet time just to kind of let someone else take care of me and help me soothe myself. Mm-hmm. And then my thorn, I would say, is I I struggle in saying no to social engagements. So mm-hmm. I feel like as of late, I've been over committing myself. Yeah. And it means that my life is very fun and exciting and full. Mm. But I think this week has shown me it wouldn't hurt to slow down a little bit and to start telling people that I'm not up to hanging out, despite how appealing the invitations may be. <laughs> yeah, I see. Like, especially if they reach out in advance. I feel like the very like type A in me is like, if they reach out in advance and it's in the calendar, I got to go. Yeah. But then that week comes and you're like, ooh. Mm. <laughs> Can we I definitely agree to that. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I've rescheduled exactly a call three times this week. I'm like, can we do Monday? I'm not really feeling today. How about Tuesday? No, you literally. Wednesday? That's literally just adulthood. Especially <laughs> long distance friendships. No, honestly. Yeah, our whole friendship is based on like long distance calls. Yeah. Because we see each other maybe once a year if that. That part. That. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but okay, so we can we can sidetrack. Yeah. But anyway, um, to introduce today's topic, um, we were thinking, and I think especially with things going on, there's like a lot of change happening this year. And like me and Dr. Sharma have talked about how so much of our life has just changed significantly over the past year. And there's been so many coincidences that have just reminded us that life is not a fairy tale. Yeah. And despite how much you might try to make it seem like it is one. I feel like real life will catch up to you at any point and you can't really stop that from happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really up to you to determine how your life is going to play out and control your own happiness. Mm-hmm. So that's really how what we wanted to touch on today. And I feel like it's really relatable for a lot of people listening because even though people, especially on social media, can get easy to feel like everyone has their life together, everyone's happy, everyone's thriving, but yeah. at the end of the day, everyone has their own struggles, whether or not mm-hmm. they show it. Um so with that, we wanted to kind of start off by talking about what was one crucial moment when you realized that it was really up to you to control your own happiness for each of you. In, in your professional life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Dr. Sharma, would you like to go first? Sure. You know, something I talked with Danesha about is that when I was reaching out to mostly these guys I'm interviewing for my NFL research, I would contact on LinkedIn And I was new to the LinkedIn platform, but it's been fantastic because we have gotten so much data. But there were moments early on in those first few weeks where I would hear from some people expressing interest and I would give them scheduling options and then I wouldn't hear from them again. Mm. Now, if we all pause and think about that, where do our minds go to fill in that black hole and try to explain why people are not following up with us when they initially expressed interest? I had to learn that what was in my control was how I presented myself, how I presented the project, which was always professional. Mm -hmm. And I had to detach myself from the outcome and not Mm -hmm. take it personally if I wasn't hearing back from people. Because the tendency is to fill the black hole and think, what did I do that was wrong? Mm -hmm. Maybe they're too busy to talk with me. Maybe they don't want to help me because something changed for them right along the way. What I encourage your listeners always to try to do in terms of this exercise that I'm describing is to try to remove yourself as the cause for other people's behavior. Mm -hmm. Because what would you ladies say to me if I said so-and-so from the NFL said he was interested in doing an interview, I sent him scheduling options, and then I didn't hear back. 
would you immediately blame me or say that mm. was my fault? No, I'd be <laughs> like, well, maybe, you know, the game's coming up. Yeah. Busy, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it, it's kind of hard to detach yourself. Like what did I do? Right. To Especially make them if you're do an this. overthinker. Oh, oh. My. Easily. It's oh just like a black hole you kind of dig yourself into of thinking like there's millions of different options of what I could have done wrong. When in and- reality it's probably something that has nothing to do with you. And I literally pick the worst one every single time. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the worst possible scenario. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I've had to learn to not internalize the lack of follow-up, but to externalize it, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe there's something about their schedules or something about them that's precluding them from signing up for an interview time. Then I've also pivoted in two ways. One, I spiritually believe that we're going to get the data we need and that we're going to get the data that's meant for this project and meant for us as scholars. There's no scarcity perspective. There's no forcing. This is going to happen as it's meant to. The other perspective I've adopted is I try to pay attention to who is responding. Mm -hmm. And I'm creative. I'm strategic. I'm persistent. It's like I've scattered a lot of breadcrumbs across LinkedIn. And then I see where am I getting bites? You know, Mm -hmm. I asked our director of communications for the business school to post it on the LinkedIn for the school that has over 10,000 followers that account. And we're starting to get bites from that. I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket and hoping this one dude from X, Y, and Z team is going to hit me up. Mm -hmm. I have to think expansively And in that process, I've learned to let go of thinking I'm the reason that people aren't following through. Mm. That's a rough one. That's that's hard. And that's hard to overcome mentally. I think it's easier said than done because the second you start overthinking, it's hard to turn that off. Yeah. And I like I as I was listening to you talk, I was like, I cannot wait to listen to this back especially the day before I start work so that I could be like, okay, we're not going to internalize when they don't answer our emails. You yes. know, because it's hard. I it's just like, got what did I do? Yeah. yeah. Or even how they respond to emails. Like I used to overthink <sighs> it. Like I'm, I'm a smiley face exclamation point girl <laughs> on an email. And when I get an email back and it's like, yes, okay. It's like, what did fine. I do? No signature, no best, no sincerely. I'm Regards. Like, oh my God. like they hate me. <laughs> no, they, no, literally my automatic response is, oh, they hate me. Yeah. That's the only, cause what else could it be? What if <laughs> So our homework for the three of us in the next week, and then we have to be accountable, follow up with each other. Okay. One time in the next seven days, I want us to reframe the explanation and Mm. make it about them and not us just Mm. once in the next seven days. Okay. I can do that. And that's for our listeners too. And we're all in this together. We're all in this together. (laughs) High school musical. Okay. (laughs) And DM Faith and Danasia as your accountability partners and tell them, what did you reframe? So they know he was busy. She was on her, you know, commute to work on the train. So she only had a second to write back, right? Mm -hmm. Like come up with all the alternative explanations, except blaming yourself. Yeah, I feel like this isn't professionally, but I feel like in like socially, it's like, okay, well, why is she messaging me or why is she posting on her story, but not texting me back? Mm -hmm. You know, but it's like, maybe she's had a long day and she needs to decompress. She's not ready to go through all her text messages. But I'm not thinking that. I'm thinking, no, (laughs) she needs to text me back, you know? So, um, yeah, but I, I think back to that professional question. 
Um, and just to just to bring it back up, the question was, what was a crucial moment when you realized it was up to you to control your own happiness in your professional life? For me, um, I had worked an internship for two years. I had switched over after a year and um, to another section of my company because I really didn't like being a software engineer. Um, and as basically a program planner, I was an intern and they did for an entire year, all they did was give me training. Um, I had to just make up stuff to do throughout the day. And one thing I've realized is I have intense, and there's pros and cons to this, intense main character energy. And I literally cannot be a side character in anybody's story, including at my job. So the fact that like, even in our meetings for a whole year, I had no clue what anybody was talking about. Like, obviously there's a whole bunch of acronyms and stuff, but after a year you would think, because something I would get would something would have clicked be, and it would have clicked if I got more projects, but I didn't get a single project to put underneath my belt because I was not full time. And it's like, I, you guys need to have a better intern intern plan because yes. that's why I can quit my job. Like I realized like, yeah, there was a lot of like external things that happened. But at the end of the day, I, I just chose to do it. And like, if you guys listened to last um, week's episode, I had a weight lifted off my shoulders and I, it was up to me to choose. And yeah, I was like, how am I going to pay my rent? But at the end of the day, one thing about me, I'm going to find a job. You know, <laughs> Make I'm a go- way. I've, at <laughs> one point in the quarantine, I had three jobs. Like, I'm going to have a job. So it was basically me realizing I didn't have to stay at a job where they didn't give me work. And I was just waiting around for about a year for assignments plus projects. And I really just didn't feel valued on the team, you mm. know? And I've been in other companies where I was an intern and I did feel valued. So I, I did know that that was possible. Um, so yeah, it was me choosing my own happiness. Yeah. It gave me more, you know, stress because I didn't know how I was going to pay my rent, but I figured it out, you know, and listen to last week's episode to figure out how I figured it out. <laughs> yeah. And next week's <laughs> the play by play <laughs> play by play. Okay. Uh, now how about you, Denasia? Um, I feel like for me, like the point, Um, the question of like when it was up to you to control your own happiness I feel like at work it was when I realized that no matter how much you can try to be a perfectionist at work there's always going to be some point where you're not doing something perfect it's never going to be a hundred percent yeah I think I realized that because I did internship where I was doing um like event planning and it was the most stressful thing I've ever done it was event planning for kids events like Mm. large kids events and I was losing my mind over small stuff that I couldn't control. Like, oh my gosh, this vendor's not here right now. Like, he's on the, he's on the freeway. He can't make it in time. I need these hot dogs out for these kids. Like, <laughs> stressing over little small details that I genuinely couldn't control. And realizing that it's, for one, all going to come together. Yeah. As long as you give it your all, that's really all that matters. I know that you might think that the whole A for effort thing is like kindergarten, but it really does apply in work too, because there's only so much you can stretch yourself in a situation where there's things that are out of your control. Mm-hmm. So I feel like for me, like my moment of happiness was realizing that I can try my best, but there's always going to be something that comes up that I can't control. Mm. And that's okay. Yeah. Cause that's, that's I, okay. They, part. And that's okay. Like, yeah. Yeah, because it really it was really hard for me to grasp. And I worked there for two years until the pandemic. So like at least for the first I'd say like year and a half, I was just constantly stressed out. Mm. Like taking it home with me. Mm. And I was like, I shouldn't be up at night stressing about a Halloween event. Like I really shouldn't. It's not, you know, like looking back, I'm like, it really wasn't that deep. 
but I think I tied like a lot of my like identity and a lot of how I felt about myself and a lot of my like professional worth based on how well I did yeah when things didn't go perfect I was like I'm not a good worker yeah I'm not fit for this industry I'm not good at my job you know Mm -hmm. like I just really took it hard which I think is probably like a type A thing like just absolutely general (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. Um, yeah but yeah I want to also get into like why you guys think it's important to not tie your happiness to other people when it comes to your careers and goals because I feel you can tie it to like oh what does my boss think about me what does this person think about it instead of how you feel about it yeah um so for me I just feel like like you said tying your self-worth to jobs I really feel like it's a type a thing um and wow it's going to be hard to get over um but at the end of the day like nobody's coming so what other people do really might not help you or they might have like evil intentions so at the end of the day you have to do what you need to do for yourself you know Mm -hmm. um why I kind of got that phrase from I was watching this Netflix show and like this lady the mom she had she was really stuck in a rock and a hard place but you know her husband is not in her field she doesn't work at the same job it's only you your friends can only do so much when you vent to them nobody's coming you know, um, and for me, I have myself set, I have set goals. And while it's helpful for people to help, and I also feel like this is a type A thing. Um, everybody has or something like Dr. Sharma was saying, like, yeah, okay, well, maybe they just X, Y, and Z. Um, they, they can't always pull through like I know I can. And I, at the end of the day, it's up to me. And I feel like this may be like a big sister thing or maybe just a very independent thing, but I got me and I have to figure it out at the end of the day for myself. Yeah, no one got you like you got you. Because my name is on it. And when my name is on it, it needs to be done in excellence or I don't want it at all. Mm -hmm. You know, how about you, Dr. Sharma? Yeah, I love all of this content. You know, I tend to think about research that I've done on models and hip hop and rap music videos. And a central theme in our interview data from that project was how the video models can find their agency. So where they have choice in their professional roles. And what our interview data showed is that as a starting point, people judge the models, right? For twerking, people called them disparaging names and terms inside and outside of the industry, executives, Mm -hmm. rappers, the general public. And video model work is a type of work called dirty work that comes Mm. from the sociological research space. And specifically, dirty work is any profession that's morally, physically, or socially tainted. So Mm. abortion doctors would be an example, street sweepers, people who euthanize animals, prostitutes, and video models. Mm -hmm. And the challenge for these models is that people think their work is immoral. And so they attribute that to the women themselves. And they think the women are immoral and sinners and hoes and thoughts and all the words, right? Mm -hmm. But what our interview data showed is that the video models recognize the stigma that follows them in terms of their occupation, mm. but they're able to understand that that stigma also creates pathways for them to redefine how other people view them. Yeah. And so to me, the video models in some ways are the best teachers because they're focusing on what they individually can control. And 
they're not worried about the industry or about changing society because they can't, quite frankly. That's bigger and above their pay grade. But they're doing things like building professional relationships with directors and photographers. They're not Mm -hmm. going to the after parties at the studio or with the rappers back to their houses. And so to me, when you learn to define for yourself what your values are, suddenly you find that the volume gets turned down on what other people think of you. And that means you can feel more fulfilled, more happy, more worthy because of what you believe defines you and not letting other people write that story. Mm. Yeah. Not letting other people write that story. Ooh. That was going to stick with me. That part. Okay. Who else is going to write it? okay (laughs) what about you moms um yeah like I agree with both of y'all I feel like for me I think the biggest thing is realizing that other people's expectations shouldn't dictate what you do Mm -hmm. and I think especially like if you grew up in a family where like your parents really want the best for you the people around you want the best for you or you're like first generation student first generation student trying to go to grad school, first generation everything, basically. Mm -hmm, And basically, like, you're the first in your family to really try to, like, do certain things. It can be really hard to kind of break out of those expectations that are originally set for you. Mm -hmm. And feel like, especially if you were already a high-achieving student, like, as a kid and stuff, like, let's say you're in the gifted program. I think Mm -hmm. this is a huge thing that I've heard, like, students being like, I was in the gifted program. I feel like from a very young age, I've set these expectations, and other people have put their what they feel like I should be doing on me. Yeah. So when I don't achieve that, it's like, oh, like this has been ingrained in me since I was like eight. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of hard to break out of that mold, especially if like you're a student. Um, but I also feel like in your professional life, at least um, you can start tying your expectations and how you kind of look at your happiness to the people you look up to. And I think I've done this a lot too. Like, what does my boss think of me? What do they expect from me? And usually it's someone that I, I haven't, I've been fortunate enough to not have like horrible bosses. Right. So usually there are people that I like somewhat at least look up to and want to like, you know, know what they think and they've been good in their careers and I want to learn from them. So for me, like, I just have to remember that whatever their path is, is not my path for one. Mm-hmm it's very easy to be like, oh, if I'm not doing exactly what they did, I'm not going to be successful. And that's mm-hmm. not the case. You can build your own path. And two, whatever other people think about me, at the end of the day, they're not the ones clocking in nine to five. Oh. They're the ones doing this job. They're not the ones living this life. Mm-hmm. And if I'm living my life to please other people, like I- I'm never going to be satisfied. Yeah. And I think that really helped me like kind of separate work from my personal life too and not make not like mix them and make it seem like if I'm not doing good at work in school I'm now like a failure (laughs) or like I can't be happy because Mm. they're they're all separate circles like they don't have to be a Venn diagram they can be Mm -hmm. their own thing like you can have power in your professional life and then you know not in your personal life or vice versa Mm -hmm. so yeah that really helped and shout out to internships like I think internships I did a lot during college like I was just trying everything Cause I was just like, I don't know what I like. And I think it really did help me like learn which fields are best for me and which fields I don't really want to work in. And that helped me like figure out my happiness too. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm not doing something I genuinely love or I at least somewhat enjoy, I'm going to start looking for other ways to get that. And it's going to come in like basically, how do I phrase it? Like 
getting good positive feedback or something like that in the yeah. workplace. Mm-hmm. And those aren't exactly things that you should be striving for. You should just do your job and, you know, do your best. Mm-hmm. But no, big facts. Yeah. It's it's a lot. This is a loaded it's, topic. This no, it it is. Especially <laughs> with us, especially in the next two months, starting our whole a whole new sector of our lives. Right. Like this no, is exactly. something we've been that like a lot of people aim for getting into corporate. Like, okay, did elementary, did high school, did college. Now we got an offer. Now we have to move and start our jobs alone in a new city. Like new state across the country no, like right. right with no book no no, no book no thesaurus no nobody did this for us right. it's really just your peers you ho- hopefully one of your peers is going through the same thing shout out to the Nasia because i'm like girl what are we about to do like <laughs> no literally i'm like oh my gosh girl we're really doing this this like, is like, real like i right. literally look 12 like what do i look like in a in a suit like what right. i know it feels like deck all over again we playing dress up in like professional clothes hoping but, they know what we're doing you know but there's no role plays it's like we actually there's like a paycheck every yeah this is like real life this is real you know right. so i just like i really am glad that this topic is coming right before we all transfer into a new section of life because wow I cannot wait to re-listen to it and be like girl yeah let's let's write that down like (laughs) (laughs) yeah and speaking of like the people in your life um I think that's a big point too like outside of your professional life or even within your professional like how do you guys make sure the people in your life are bringing you joy and uplifting you as opposed to being people that are bringing in like negativity or drama or trying to tear you down oh Dr. Sharma you want to take this one first Oh my gosh, I would love to. So I actually have a categorization technique I use. I will look at people and after I interact with them, first of all, I will believe who they show me to be. I will not create a fantasy version of who I think they are. Mm -hmm. And then I bucket them as either chaos or non-chaos. And if they go in the, if they go into the chaos bucket, we don't interact. I will do everything I can to limit my communication with you because I get overwhelmed by people who seem to be dramatic, who seem to be inconsistent, unreliable, who aren't professional, responsive. I mean, these are basic core values that should be common sense. But as we all know, not everyone in the work setting acts like that. It's why I'm I'm employed, right? Like why I have a job. And so I literally will think after I walk away from someone, how do I feel in my body? Do I feel tightness? Do I feel stress? When you made the decision to leave your job, Faith, you felt relief. It didn't buffer you from other realistic stresses, like how you're going to pay your bills, but your body still felt a release. Mm -hmm. And so that body sensation that I feel helps me bucket people as chaos or non-chaos. I will also tell you there's psychology research that suggests people who act chaotically often grew up in family structures where there was chaos so mm-hmm. that's familiar to them and that's what they're recreating because it's what they know. Mm-hmm. I see. Wow. Wow. Like when I tell you it was like she was at the pulpit speaking to the choir, like preaching like No, right. Like, I'm like, I was like yes. <laughs> like and I know sometimes I listen to podcasts, especially like like the health and wellness ones. I'm like, you always think of there's always that one person or that uh that group of people or that one sig- significant other that's just like in your phone, like, mm. Do they read me chaos? You know, like I, they're like that person that you got to thinking of. 
rethink again and, and just just rewind listen to that back again okay who, um, who came to mind when she said that because <laughs> your brain will tell you even if you mm-hmm. you're like, like your heart your heart knows but when it goes up to your brain I feel like this brought it up to my brain like oh you got me there <laughs> um, so homework me, assignment number two think of one person that comes to mind in your heart who's chaotic let your brain process that and try to limit communication with them for one week. Mm. 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 That's, a, that's probably the hardest this homework assignment I haven't had in a long time. Okay. <laughs> and I'm in summer school right now. Like, yeah. That... <laughs> uh, now, okay. So, wow, that's beautiful. Shout, shout out. Wow. Love research. Um, but so for me, um, especially in my professional life, I feel like, again, attaching my self-worth to how I'm doing in work is going to be a hurdle I will have to overcome um but for me um over the summer for the past like few weeks that I just have kind of like been relaxing um I've been assessing you know what do I want to do when I do get into work and there's a few things like for me I've realized I want to assess every single month how each relationship is making me feel from my manager to my coworkers to all of that like are they making me feel uneasy? And what can I do to alleviate that? Um, do we need to hop in on one-on-one? Like, what do we need to do? Um, a lot of people in my past team had been there for years. So it was like, you guys could literally be like my grandparents, you know? So we had quite literally nothing in common, didn't really speak to me. It wasn't like, they didn't bring me chaos, but they also never talked to me. So I could, didn't even know if they could bring chaos or if they were chaotic. Um so in this upcoming season, having a monthly assessment will really help me analyze who is around me and for what reasons. And those reasons are really important because I've realized not everybody is your friend. Mm. And if you've listened to honestly any of the, like, especially a, a season one, I have a problem with calling everybody my friend and, and basically trying to mother a lot of people like, like, oh no, I got it. Like kind of. Kind of how Dr. Dr. Sharma said she um, she gets invited to a lot of things. And she's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Like putting mm-hmm. myself in way too many buckets and spreading myself way too thin. Like, girl, you got to breathe for yourself, too. Right. You know, um, so I feel like this is definitely a hurdle I'm going to have to hop over. Uh, ta- not attaching myself worth to work as well as why are you really in my life? And why, it, especially in, in the professional setting, what do you want from me? And are your intentions pure? Because mm-hmm. uh, they're typically not. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. And it's hard to realize that. It is. Yeah. Something else I would encourage um, you to reflect on if you're comfortable with this is take a beat and ask, what's the underlying reason the desire for mothering others comes from? And to make it even more provocative, mother yourself instead of others. Mm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I I really feel like and it, like you would think like the way that I mother people I think it's because I like to control things and if I'm like oh um I can help you with this that's me adding control my a type of control in their lives from me mm-hmm. and I, I really do have a controlling problem and it's and it's coming to my relationship too like you don't you don't really see like the errors of your ways until you get into a very healthy relationship and like my boyfriend he's like hey uh 
no, we're not going to do that. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm trying to control my boyfriend like he's my son or something, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was a very dive deep question. But it's because I I am a very controlling person. And I'm, um, what is, I feel like this is honestly a type A thing as well. This is like a very type, all the cons of being a type A are coming out. I mean, they can be pros, but a lot of times, like, especially growing up, it's cons. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's just, I like to mother as well as control things. So that, that that's kind of how, how I operate right now. It's, it's bad. Once we get on insurance, we're going to therapy. But <laughs> um, <laughs> for, for right now, that is the deep dive into my brain at the moment. Um, how about you, moms? Um, for me, like, as a reminder of the question, like, what are ways you make sure people in life are bringing you joy? Um, for me, it's really just trusting my gut. Because mm. I think a lot of times, like Dr. Sharma said, people tell you who they are pretty early on. They mm. show you who they are in the very beginning. My problem is that I want to give a thousand chances for them to prove me wrong. Listen, eyes closed. I don't see nothing right. wrong. No, I can't read this red flag because I can't read. Like, that's that, really that what part. So I, I just really want to start trusting my gut. And when I look back at like all of the relationships, friendships, everyone in my life that has not ended well, or we've ended up not being friends anymore, or something bad happened, or we just realized we're not meant to be in each other's lives. I look back and I can reflect on all the times where they showed me this was going to happen. Yes. Mm -hmm. That part. Me. They low-key wrote it out in but, front of my face. Here you go. Yeah, they said, girl, this ain't gonna work. And I said, I can't read that. No, I can't. You know, so there's a lot of times where I feel like I genuinely try to see the best in everyone. And I think that ends up hurting me sometimes in the end because I kind of fabricate the best sometimes. Even if yeah. it's a bad situation, I'll be like, no, they didn't mean that. Yeah. Or if they say something offensive, I'm like, man, man, maybe they had a bad day. Like, there's only so many... There's only so many chances you can give people when they already show you who they are, where yeah. you stop, where you, you need to believe them at some point. Mm -hmm. And I think for me right now, I'm really proud because all the people that I think were in that chaos bucket mm -hmm. are out of my life. Period. I, yes. Period. Woo! I'm free. I'm holding a phone, but I'm clapping too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anyone in my life right now that is in that chaos bucket, genuinely. Or if there's, wow. if they are, it's like for a day, if they're having a bad day, but I don't mm. classify being chaotic That's mm -hmm. so I I really want to make sure and work on myself too to make sure I'm not in anybody's bucket because I know mm. that depending on things that are going on in my life I can be very like very isolating like I really separate myself from other people sometimes yeah and I faith knows I can be bad at communicating sometimes when I'm that part through. and it's just like if I'm going through something I really am like self-isolating mm -hmm. and that could be classified as chaotic to some people depending on what they need or what they want in their life so I don't know. It, it really takes a lot of reflection, but more than anything, I think it really is like internal because I can't, how am I supposed to classify buckets if I'm sitting here thinking everyone's not chaotic? Mm. Everyone, there's there's likely a little bit of chaos in everyone. Yeah. And it's like up to you to recognize that. So I don't yeah. know. I feel like that's the first step to not letting negativity and drama in. Not saying you had to cut somebody off the second they do something that you don't like. Right. But once it becomes like a pattern and mm, like consistent yes. mm -hmm. and they show you all the time that this is happening yes. or you constantly feel uneasy or like I had a friend like every time we we, we, we hung out I was anxious beforehand. Mm. I'm like why am I anxious? Oh that's new. 
I was like, I'm literally like, I like, I low key don't want to go, and I'm like, mm-hmm. nothing's wrong. Like, but why am I like not wanting to get out of my car? You know? Ooh, so wow. I was like, well, my body was actually telling me like, yes, she's not your friend. Mm. <laughs> but I didn't want to listen. I'm like, oh, girl, let me just pop a. Maybe my stomach hurt. Like, I just need to pop a ibuprofen. Like, you know, <laughs> like I'm just lying to my body. Like, girl, you're good. Um, but yeah, now looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just need to listen to my intuition, basically. Yes. And I mean, I know this is a very professional episode, but this also applies to family. Um, I feel like as we grow older, um, we kind of see with our adult eyes what's really going on in the family. Mm. And, you know, um, not that you have to cut everybody off, but there may be a few. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what family members I'm talking about. It's, they already in your head right now as I'm talking. Yeah. Um, and back and to Denaja's point about how like, you know, basically when me and Denaja like got like super super close, I had never had a friend who texted badly. So like I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was no. so so I had internalized it like, dang, she literally hates me. Like she's taking like seven hours to respond back to me. But also girl I literally am like going through it but then again I also feel like we became friends at like the height of the most stressful times in our lives oh and for me I was like the only way the only outlet that 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 came through was like me not being able to be on my phone all the time like yeah that was my phone is constantly on dnd most of the time even dr sharma you saw my phone be on dnd because when I see notifications come in I would get so overwhelmed especially this past like semester yeah I would get so overwhelmed like I would be like panicked and I was like, I literally cannot do it. And I, I had to tell things like, like, and I feel like this is also making new friends as an adult. What I, I we just got closer. Um, yeah. And I literally, I, I think you're the first friend where I had to like externalize, like how Dr. Sharma was saying in the beginning of the episode, like, mm-hmm. it's not that she hates me. She is busy. Like, I don't think I've ever had a friend that's as busy or busier than me. And the mm-hmm. way that she handles her busyness is by being on D&D. Yes, she might post Instagram story, but realistically, it's only a picture of food and then she's off of Instagram. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> no, literally. You know, so. It don't be nothing else. It don't be nothing else except some sparkles and some food or a building. Like, it, it's yeah. never nothing else. So, yeah, Denasia definitely was the first friend that I had to have. Like, I had to jump over and turn on hurdle. Like, she does not hate you. You should, We literally have a call once or twice every single month. Like, she literally, she loves you, but she's also busy and you've just never had a friend like this. So it was just a learning curve. Yeah. And it's and Brilliant. She's genuinely, she's genuinely a horrible tester. Y'all. That, that's what it is. I really, I'm really trying to work on it. And the crazy part is like, it was the opposite for me because I've never had a friend that tests back as quick as fate. Like it was a learning curve for me too. I started feeling pressure. I was like, oh my God, I got a dang, like she's texting back like seconds I didn't even finish the sentence and she didn't write <laughs> I didn't even press in yet so it was a learning curve for me because I was like oh my gosh like now I feel bad like especially with like some of my other friends like Peyton for example we will not text like we don't text mm-hmm. so I continually didn't have to worry about that like I would just be like okay we're gonna have a call every month or yeah. every two weeks and we're Gucci you know yeah, we're fine or I'll see them in person Mm-hmm. But I realized that when you have relationships in your life, especially if they're long distance and you really want to nourish them, like I really suggest just scheduling out calls. Because yeah, it, can be, 
it can be so hard to get caught up in texts. Like there's I, personally for me, like I am not a good texter because I'm an in-person type of girl. Like mm-hmm. I want to see you. I want to hear Same. you. I want to yeah. react in person. So yeah. like me trying to text back is like, no, or I'll send a voice memo. And I'm like, no, like I can't just text this to you. There's like, only so are... much a voice memo can do. Right. And I'm like, I can't even like talk about the tone, like the tone of what I'm trying to say to you. Like you, I need oh. to see eyebrows and teeth and no, like, I need to see I need everything. Expression that right. don't no like I can't just emphasize the message and go like <laughs> I need to talk so yeah I feel like with and I'm really proud of us for like overcoming that because I think it was learning code from both of our ends where like we just had to realize each other's communication styles yeah and now and it it also sucks because I'm three hours ahead so I yeah. literally like this was a few days ago and it also doesn't help what okay it's also another learning curve because we're like business partners so and my brain will be racing in the morning so this was like an example a few days ago I was at the gym and I literally texted Denasia no less than seven big messages like oh, I was like yeah. boom 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 but I know that when Denasia can get to it she's gonna get to it she's not ignoring me and that oh, is also yeah. a learning curve because I'm quick to be like oh my gosh they're ignoring me but like no that's very high school of me like no Denasia is also asleep it's 4 a.m. It was 5 a.m. I remember I, I literally woke up because I was like, I was already like, like having a bad sleep. And I remember I woke up and I just saw like eight messages and I thought something was wrong. And I looked and it was all podcast stuff. I was like, girl, I gotta, I gotta see this at 8 a.m. I can't right now. The sun ain't even up. <laughs> oh my gosh. But sorry. sorry. Yeah. 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 Um, um, y'all, y'all get it. Y'all get it. Um, but to talking point number five, um, Let's talk about how we can be the best actress in crafting the story of your professional life rather than waiting to be rescued or hoping others will be your happy ending. You are and make your own happy ending. Um, Denasia's gone last every single time. So, Denasia, um, do you want to bring this in? Yeah. Um, for me, I, this is really fitting of a question because... I don't know if it's just like main character syndrome that we both obviously suffer from. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always seen my life as like a TV show. Like Bro. when bad things happen, I'd be like, this is just that point in the season where something bad happens. I love it. But yeah. like, you know, like the character just got to go through this to get to the other side. Like this is that. Just something I got to go through. Mm-hmm. So I've always kind of like visualized my life like that, where I think of myself in a movie or a TV show and I kind of look at things from the outside, like a third perspective. Um, and I think that's really helped me because it's shown me that regardless of what happens, what's meant to be will happen. And I think for me, being like the actress in my own story and crafting my own story has meant that, you know, I can plan as much as I want. I'm very mm. tough. I always got a plan. I always got, you know, my five-year goal, you Absolutely. know, very, you know, like very goal-oriented. But at the end of the day, what's meant to be is going to happen. I can't, there's only a certain extent of things I can control. And besides outside of that, I can't stress about it because Mm -hmm. once I've done everything that I can to make my goals, my dreams, whatever you want to list out happen after that point, it's above me now. I can't stress about things that I have no control over. And I think that is like the epitome of a happy ending. And also growing up, like I would always be like, oh, what do people are like? Oh, what do you want to do? Like, you know, when you're later in life, like, how do you want to be? What do you want your life to look like? And I'd always be like, oh, I just want to be happy. And that'd yeah. be my go-to answer. And I think, like, this past year, I realized that, like, happiness is, like, a fleeting emotion. Like, it's you can be happy and then be sad in the next moment. 
it's hard to be like, I just want to be happy because it's an emotion. I want to be content. I want to be satisfied. I want to, you know, live the life that I want to find fulfillment in. But to just say happiness is a very broad thing. And you might think, oh, like I have everything together, but I feel sad. That doesn't mean that you have failed at life. It means that you're experiencing like the emotions you're supposed to go through. Mm-hmm. And I think like realizing that has made me like appreciate the ups and downs of like my life too. Like there's going to be points where you're sad. That doesn't mean you're not living a good life. It just means things are happening and it's going to continue to happen because that's life. That part. So I don't know. I, my, my actress, she's girl, she's mm. on hiatus right now. Okay. <laughs> like she's, <laughs> she's chilling because there's so many life changes happening, especially in the next month that I just really, you know, my season don't start until maybe August, September. I see. Yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, I mean, it's been really good character development, I guess, because... Oh, this season is just a character development. This season is character development, okay? Absolutely. Yeah. So freaking lovely. I've seen so many different changes. Um, And for me, as an independent person, at the end of the day, I have to figure it out out on my own. I feel like my, my movie, my show is a very, like, one woman show. And, you know, you know, sometimes a one person will come in and help. Um, I also do feel like, again, not attaching myself worth to my work will be a bit harder, especially when, like, they have really good incentives, aka become remote after a year. And, like, mm-hmm. not having, okay, so if I do this work goal, I can give myself this incentive instead of doing, like, okay, if I do this life goal, like not making everything centered around work, I feel like will help me a lot because a lot of my self-worth has been tied to high school achievements, college achievements. I'm these, I literally am the school sister. My sister, other sister does hair, my other sister does track. Everything, you know, like all, every goal, every medal, every trophy has been because of my brain. So now I have to reroute it to be like rewire it like hey no like I need you to appreciate and I feel like this is gonna be the best thing for me is to and and has been since I moved to North Carolina appreciating where I'm at yes ago I was like oh my gosh I gotta figure out how to get to North Carolina and pay this pay my first month's rent you're here like appreciate Mm -hmm. that and I I've realized I, and I feel like this may be a thing for Denaja as well. We don't really appreciate the small things. Mm. It's very like, okay, big goal done. What's the next big goal? Right. You know, like, for example, we, we've been hitting a lot of like little milestones, like for the podcast, you know, we yeah. built this from the ground up. Like, it's just us. There's no team. It's literally just us. And we've got a lot of traction as of late. And, um, I think we were kind of contemplating if we want, because it's moving so fast, if we wanted to celebrate every single thousand. But at the end of the day, that's a thousand more plays than we, I couldn't even imagine this. Imagine. If you would said, think if, if you would have told me we were, we were going to hit 5K by J- July when we first started season one, even episode 10, I would have been like, girl, what are you talking about? Where'd they come from? Hey, I was like, I just hope we hit a hundred. I'm not that, No, literally like, <laughs> In like, and I guess this is professional life as well, because like, this is like me and the nature's business, you know, it's like, it sounds like our, our baby, you know, mm-hmm. we birthed this. Okay. So I'm a mother. 
<laughs> but okay, literally, we are mothers, okay? So I feel like for my happy ending, it's appreciating these small things and not trying to hop from big goal to big goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big goals are really important and amazing, but just taking a breath and realizing like where I'm at and where I've come come from. That's that right. I feel like that's my happy ending is slowing down. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Dr. Sharma? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because as you all are talking, well, first of all, I have to say what a mature friendship you both have and you're demonstrating such self-awareness Thank you. about <laughs> each other and yourselves. So self and other awareness. You know, one thought I have is someone recently told me it's up to us to make the decision to find joy in the small moments every day. And we do have a tendency to look forward and think about where we want to go. We don't spend a lot of time looking backwards and seeing how far we've come. Mm. There's also a theory in psychology research called social comparison theory. We're much more prone to compare up rather than to compare down. We'd be a lot happier if we spent our time comparing downwards to people who have less than us. Mm. I had, as you were talking earlier, Faith, there's also research from psychology that suggests when you have your identity in different domains or selves, like maybe you have a professional self, maybe you have a personal self, maybe you're a volunteer when one of those domains isn't filling you up, you can go to a different domain and find sustenance there. And that's actually how you buffer your system from being overwhelmed and stress. Because mm-hmm. if my work isn't going well today, my dogs will still love me no matter what, mm-hmm. right? Or mm-hmm. I have a great relationship with a certain family member. Or if a relationship with a family member isn't going well, but my teaching goes well that day, right? You can see then again, the sources of buffering so it is important to cultivate a lot of different parts in terms of who you are. Yeah. With regard to this question, you know, the title of this podcast, Life is Not a Fairy Tale, it just stands out to me because I do think that society socializes us to be rescued and that people will come in and make our life better. We're the ones who actively craft that. Mm, I'll tell yeah. you a little bit of a tangential story. So I had a friend who was in the hospital a few years ago with COVID. And we were on a FaceTime call, my friend, me, another friend, and her partner, the other friend's partner. The friend in the hospital had someone walk in, a Black man. I believe he was African. He started talking to me for 10 minutes, asking all these intellectually thoughtful questions about my video model research. And I immediately was like, is this guy the doctor? Like, Mm. he's asking me questions that are of the caliber of my professor colleagues. Mm -hmm. At the end of the 10 minutes, he leans into the camera and says, and I quote, men don't like smart women. Mm. That's All of us were shocked. And of course, my friend who was in the hospital room turned on this guy who ended up being his nurse and ripped him apart. Um, My friend whose partner was on the call leaned in and said, smart women don't like dumb men. Mm, Got me there. And And don't. (laughs) However, let me tell you where this got more interesting. A few months ago, I was hanging out with a friend of mine, a black man, and I was sharing this story. And he turns to me and says, my cousin is general counsel of one of the properties here in Las Vegas. So one of the most powerful men on the strip, also black. My cousin told me, marry someone smarter than you. Mm. 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 That's I just got goosebumps. Yeah. The contrast between those two statements is crazy. Insane. Insane. And I was, I could have been 
a victim in the first story and it was devastating to be quite honest. And of course I internalized that. And then I thought of every negative narrative about what educated women deal with and all the biases against, I mean, my head just was spinning. But then when my friend said this to me recently, I was like, well, which man would I want to partner with? Duh, his cousin, right? Like the man who's woke enough to know that you marry someone smarter than you. And I think everyone should aim for that, whether you're a man or a woman or you are gender Mm -hmm. fluid, it doesn't matter. Like look for people who make you better and who you can learn from. Right. And vice versa. Okay. And honestly, I feel like that really applies to friendships and like everything in general, because I always like, my parents always said, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Like that part, you're not learning. You're not growing. If anything, it just leads to a superiority complex where you feel like, oh, I'm smart. I'm better than other, every other, every people or other people in the room. Mm-hmm. And I think the second you start putting yourself in rooms where you're not the smartest, you're yeah. probably not to say that you're the dumbest, but you but know, you know, compared you- to other people in the room, mm-hmm. you know, we can do some work. Yeah. Start putting yourself in those rooms is where, for one, you can humble yourself and realize that, you know, there's, you still have more to learn and grow. Yeah. And two, start trying to have the people that can actually teach you things and you can learn from and not just about like technical stuff, like about life. Yeah. I feel like when I first, I think heard that. And a lot of times when I hear that, I think like academically, because my brain has been tied to so much just academic that's in my brain. But now that I think about it, like, no, if somebody smarter than you emotionally has mo has more emotional intellect than you um, can teach, maybe they're really good at, I don't know, fixing cars. Like it, it doesn't always have to be like intellectually. It can yeah. literally be in every single facet of life, you know? And that's why I'm really loving the friends that I have because they all can teach me something. They're all mm. very spread out in their different fields. Um, and I feel like also having, having friends in different fields is great because sometimes I, especially academically in high school and college, I would compare myself to people that were in the same field as me. And to alleviate this, having friends that weren't in the same field, it's like, okay, well, realistically, I can't really be jealous of her because I'm not trying to be a, like um, a fashion editor. You know, like mm-hmm. that's not my lane it's at like all. apples and oranges apples and oranges so what can I learn from her and what can she learn from me and that's why I really value my relationship with Danasia because yeah we're both girlies in STEM um but like Danasia is so freaking smart like she teaches me things you know and I'm like girl that's good where you get me too where you get that from no I I learned a lot of like I feel like emotional intelligence from Faith because she'd be really teaching me how to like feelings low-key like the way that you act in your other relationships the way you display that and like you're like upfrontness and honesty like mm-hmm. it forces me to be more honest with myself because you're very like transparent you're just like no like like no like I feel that way because of this yeah I'm like yeah like low-key I feel that way too <laughs> I just don't realize it you yeah know? Mm-hmm. and I feel like also to your point like Dr. Sharma and I were talking about football and, you know, I'm not really a football girl. <laughs> I'm not really a football girl. But I was talking about how, like, um, when it comes to people and stereotypes and, like, different types of intelligence, like, people always categorize football players as, like, oh, dumb jocks. Yeah, and they absolutely. don't know what they're doing. Or, oh, they're only on the field and that's it. And they're mm-hmm. dumb, you know? But if you've ever looked at football plays or you've ever just tried to understand the game in more depth, 
from like a high level perspective, that stuff is hard. There's a mm-hmm. lot of critical thinking that goes into being like a high level football player. And that's just a different form of intelligence. Now, yeah. granted, they're not like in a boardroom making financial decisions or, you know, like doing intense research or in some lab. Mm-hmm. It's still a form of intelligence. It's just one that like you're, you may not be familiar with, but everyone that. has their own types of ways that they're smart. It's not all linear. Woo, that part. That, yeah. that, that part. And I, and I definitely had to learn that because, um, especially being in college, I feel like you, sometimes you can get like superiority complex unless you, unless you surround yourself with people that are different with you, than you. And for the first two years, I didn't. So I had like a, an, I had an engineering support superiority, superiority complex, which is the worst one <laughs> ever. It's so disgusting and ugly. And I was like, oh, like, oh, you didn't go to college. But now I'm like, Oh, you didn't go to college, girl. You saving money. Okay, what you doing? You got a trade? Oh, you went to cosmetology school in high school? You know, and mm-hmm. I feel like my sister definitely opened my eyes to their different paths that aren't college because be- yeah. and because my brain was so academically aligned, that was the only that was the only lane for me. Mm. Now my sister, she she I mean she's dabbled in college. She's like so I can say I got some like I got a certificate, but she don't need college to do my hair real well you know like we all have our own lanes and I feel like staying in your own lane but also learning um from other lanes is an extremely important skill that I'm glad I finally have gained because wow that complex was so just deteriorating to honestly probably everybody around me that were engineers Mm. and Mm. I feel like because I felt I had an extreme imposter syndrome. Um, I just felt like, okay, well, let's make myself feel better by making other people, by like putting other people down, you know? Mm-hmm. And that like, ooh, freshman, sophomore face, like, girl, <laughs> that was ugly. <laughs> so. <laughs> and I feel like in STEM, that's really, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really hard, especially if you're a black woman in STEM. Mm-hmm. You don't have- to prove I feel like it's easy to get caught up in that to be honest yeah I feel like I feel like okay well let me think like let me think like the white man and all the white men around me as well as like um the Asian men they were like yeah why don't you know this mm. and I'm like because oh, I, got- <laughs> I just got here like you've been you've been coding since you were five? Oh, well not me so yeah yeah um but that, I think that were, that was all our talking points for today. But let's get into the affirmation of the week. Um, I'm really loving um, this. Honestly, Danaja, can you can you talk it out? Because I really, I really liked how you uh, said it. Yeah. Um, so all the good in my life comes to me as a result of my willingness to find happiness in each moment. Indeed, deciding to find small moments of joy in every day is a choice that most of us can lean into. And trauma, of course, is another story, of course. But um, every day, it's a choice that we can lean into. Yeah. And we will have this either on as a po- individual post or on our story. Honestly, this one's really good. I really want to make this a post. Um, so make sure to follow us on Type A Black Girls. Um, but let's get into the question of the week. So Dr. Sharma, um, what is your go-to remedy when you aren't feeling your best and need to reset, aka how do you self-soothe? Yeah, I've learned over the years that for me, I need different like ways of spending time. Sometimes I'll get a blowout because I love when someone washes my hair for me and mm-hmm. irons it straight. I find a lot of peace and joy when I bench press because it's just me and the bar and I listen to straight gutter gangster rap and there's something 
grounding <laughs> in that moment. Like <laughs> homicidal. Yeah. yeah. Right. I skip all the bitches and hoes songs, which sometimes gets complicated when I'm trying to oh, absolutely. do <laughs> Yeah, because I'm like, skip ESTG, 42 Doug, you know who you are. Um, but that... <laughs> That space with the bar, it's fascinating to me. Um, one of my yoga teachers said, it's because you have to pay attention because if you don't, you can hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I put my phone on do not disturb and it's just 30 minutes of just pure calming um, time. Mm-hmm. I will take my dogs for a drive. So a lot of these activities I'm describing are when I'm alone because I've learned over the years, that's just how I recharge my batteries. Um, and then basic activities like making a cup of tea, folding laundry, wet backing my apartment. Um, a lot of those activities I think are soothing for the brain and they give me a chance to pause. My life is very, very full of people. And I think that's why I need time by myself just to kind of, um, really just not be on all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, uh, how about you, Denasia? For me, like, it's really about escaping my space because I think, especially during the pandemic where, like, I couldn't leave, I couldn't leave my space. Mm-hmm. Got really caught up in my own feelings and I think in my own emotions and thoughts, like, all the above. And I think that, um, for one, like, going on walks, literally leaving your room first and mm-hmm. foremost. Because I think, especially during the pandemic, I would just stay locked up in there, looking at them four walls all day. And mm. it, was like a, it was like a, like almost like a mental prison. Yeah. But once you can go outside of that, and let's say you just go on a walk, it can free your mind so much. And yeah. I think that also something I was doing to reset, the fitness girlies are correct. Yes. Working out helps. Okay. Like no matter how much people try to deny it, like it really is like a freeing process. And I think ever since I really started to try to take fitness and like taking care of my body seriously it kind of translated into my mental health too like taking care of my physical self meant I also wanted to be healthier like as a men- mentally mm-hmm. so I like escaping my my space for one whether that's literally just going outside of and not being locked up in there even though like no one's locking me in there it's literally me yeah and two like really trying to take care of myself physically and making sure that translates mentally has really helped me mm. yeah. like um, so for me, I have a few things. So a bath. Oh, I love me a good bath. Like I am definitely investing in like a nice bath setup, like that thing where I can put my computer and like, mm. you know, like and watch my anime. Like that's, you know, um, once I get into a group of things and like get like start having fun money, it will be a massage. Um, just like, oh my goodness, just having somebody just take all the stress away it's just beautiful um also watching my go-to shows like I've realized I was scrolling on Twitter and it was like um she's a 10 but she only watches um shows that like she's been watching since she was like in middle school and she doesn't watch (laughs) anything new for fear of the unknown and I was like she's an 11 (laughs) she's absolutely a 12,005 like that's literally me and I I've always wondered why I have a fear of like starting a new show I will literally get like 30 seconds in and I'm like no this is too much I'm overwhelmed I I cannot start a new show because I need to go to my Bob's Burgers and that's because I know it (laughs) and the office and Parks and Rec you know um but also listening to podcasts on the treadmill, doing a cool 12 incline, a three speed, 30 minutes, 12, 330. Love that. Or cleaning the podcast. Honestly, cleaning goes by so fast. Um, as well as I 
I had a lot on my plate because I procrastinated and I had a lot of homework due. And the only thing that got me through it was making banana bread when I got back home. Mm. I love a good Pinterest meal or a Pinterest mm. recipe. Mm. Chopping mm. up vegetables. I made some jambalaya. Granted, I put way too many red pepper flakes. So literally it burns my mouth every single time I eat it. But we don't waste around here. And also it's good. You yeah. know? <laughs> it's and good. that'll do it. That'll and, do it. And making a Pinterest meal and it turned out good is probably one of the best feelings I've ever had as, as a 20-year-old. Um but that that was kind of for me. But I know, um, I think it Dr. Sharma or Danasia wrote this down. But to these things that we do to self-soothe, um, I want you guys to think back to the last time you did this um, and take good notes on what strategies worked and didn't. Um, because you can, maybe you feel like taking a swim in the pool is like relaxing to you. But that c- could be overwhelming if there's kids around. So yeah. I like mm-hmm. definitely take take a beat. Like, did this actually work for me? as well as um, this becomes an evolving toolkit of life skills you are curating for you and how you develop resilience. Because yeah, everybody's going through life. Things are going to get hit hit at you. And honestly, once you, undergrad obviously is a whole thing in and of itself, but after after undergrad, life comes at you fast, okay? And you have to figure out how to become resilient. And I feel like finding ways to relax Mm-hmm. you know is super freaking important and for me I'm I feel like I'm always on 10 I'm way too serious for my own good and it's like girl relax calm down it was never that deep <laughs> it was never it was never. never it was never. never and I feel like that's 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 a definitely a type thing um and I feel like you know we came into this world signing up for life means signing up for pain because that is part of the human experience unfortunately so it's really about choosing to develop the skills we needed so we can handle the waves and tsunamis. And wow, right now it's giving. It's huh. giving tsunami. Okay, it's giving Hurricane Katrina. Okay, that. it's a lot, a lot going on at once. Uh, that. <laughs> yes, like we're up here, okay? We got all the all the earthquakes. It's an eight Yeah. Um, but you know, I would add that all of the tactics we've shared, they're really aimed at trying to regulate your nervous system. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what we're describing involves touch and different sensory experiences, whether it's walking or bathing or wet backing. And so I encourage everyone listening, pay attention to if your nervous system is regulated, if you feel soothed, if you feel like you can exhale, and then remember that as a strategy for the next time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and also when it comes to like about um, putting people in different buckets and chaos and like if they're chaotic or not chaotic, I think part of the way that you can make sure you're not chaotic is just by taking care of yourself first before you interact with other people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because I think when I'm really stressed out or like something is bad happening in my life or I'm just really going through it, for me, I don't want to be around other people because I'm like, I'm going to take it out on them. Yeah. And that just makes you more chaotic. Yeah. You have to go to like your your toolkit essentially, like what works for you, what makes you not stressed out, what can at least take that stress from like a 10 to maybe like an 8.5. Exactly. And just slowly start knocking down those little ticks. Mm-hmm. And I think once you do that, it'll make you a much more enjoyable person to be around for one mm-hmm. and around yourself. Like you won't feel so tight, like waking up stressed. Cause there's a mm. I've like woken up stressed. I'm like, girl, the day just started. Like we need yes. to calm down so um well that's meditation as well meditation is a good one mm-hmm. uh, I think those are really good tips yeah uh, mom can you can you let them know where they can find the um 
the link where they can submit their questions. If if anything yes. resonated with you and you don't want to individually DM us or DM Taipei Black Girls, um, I think it's in our link tree, correct? Yeah, we have a link in our link tree. Um, it's called Free Suggestion Bots. <laughs> you can go on there and it's completely anonymous. You can write whatever. Um, I mean, don't send us no crazy, like, no facts. <laughs> Not but whatever. If, but but if, you know, know, if you need any situations you want advice on, or you just want to talk to us or get feedback, that's completely anonymous. And I don't think there's a word count either. So you can type as much as you want. And if you, know, if you just want to vent, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always open and always a way you can talk to us if you don't want to talk to us directly through DM. But other than that, our DMs are always open. Um, and we really want to get to know you guys and get feedback. So, yeah. And yeah. feel free to, if if you've really been enjoying our content, feel free to um, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We yeah. really love seeing that number jump up. I think it went from 17 to 35 the last time I looked. And I was like, wow. <laughs> oh, people list 35. No, for real. Like, like <laughs> y'all want to hear us talk? That's insane. Right. Um, so, yeah, we honestly, thank you so much, Dr. Sharma. Um, yes, you, the only other so time I've, like, kind of interacted with Dr. Sharma is her giving us, she, <laughs> when we went to Miami, <laughs> Deneja had given me a shirt. She's like, oh, Dr. Sharma gave you. I was like, girl, what? She gave us this shirt. Money bag, yo shirt. Straight yes. from the stage. Straight from the stage. And I was like, period. I was like, they, like we, we meant to take a picture, too. But literally, Miami was so crazy. It, it wasn't. No, so I was, was thinking, as she was talking, I was like, okay, well, I can take a picture, and we can just have a slide deck. Yeah, we might have to still do that. We're just going to edit ourselves together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that part. Yeah. yeah. But thank you so much again to Dr. Sharma for providing all your insight. Like, just so much wisdom, I feel like, was in this episode. Facts. It really spilled some gems. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited for the sound bites. We, we honestly might need to have, like, a slide deck of sound bites. No, for real. Honestly. Yeah. There's some really good ones in here. That um, part. And, of course, like, we'll drop Dr. Sharma's Instagram at, um, and also her website so you can read about what she does day-to-day, her research on power, all the above, if you're more mm-hmm. interested in this topic. Um and yeah, that's yeah. our week. Yes. Thank yeah. you guys so much for Thank listening. You. <laughs> we love y'all. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.